Hey, Sherry, are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, Sherry, how you doing? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. You hear that sound? You know what that is? I do hear that sound, and I think it's the sound of season seven. You are correct. That is the sound of season seven of This Most Unbelievable Life, the podcast. Woohoo! We've made it seven seasons with our excellent listeners at our side. And we appreciate all the support we get, and we're looking forward to another great season of podcast content. Yes, indeed. Let's get on with the show. On with the show, folks. Thanks for listening. I didn't make the noise. You didn't make the noise. We have to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. No, but you pushed it, didn't you? Oh, I pushed it. Oh, it's been Oh, pushed. me too. Just, I had to do it my own way. Oh, that's and fair. And I don't, I don't that's make fair. a guttural noise after three during a countdown. Uh, maybe uh, when we're done recording this episode... Um, one of us or both can just sort of record a guttural noise and we can like add it in. You you really want it that much? Well, the mixer has the audio things, the uh, the, the sound mix pad, the sound pad where you can like press the buttons and sounds. Oh, that's true. We could put a, a guttural noise. We could. Um, but I think we'll be fine without it. Yeah. So listener, what we're referring to is uh, at the beginning of this podcast, the... One, two, three, uh, uh. or mm, or uh, sound. Yeah. Sherry did the honors on this one, and a fine job she did. Yes. She just changed up the script. Yes. And then watched Paul panic. But I think part of what this is, is we have not recorded like this in months. That's true. That's months. true. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today, knowing that we were going to record that. Record this that way. Record that this way. Uh, I'm not mm, sure which one it mm-hmm. is. Directional words. We are on Zoom. We are. We are. And for good reason. Y- yes. Because I'm out of town. Yes. Which is, it feels right because we have done it this way many times lately, it seems, it because you were 70, out of town. Yeah, well, in total, 74 times, I think, we recorded like yeah. this. And... uh we uh, we recorded one, came out a couple of, about a month and a half ago, I guess, by the time this comes out, we're just like, oh my God, we're back in person. And this is how that goes. That's the similar but yet different episode. Yep. Um, yeah. And Zoom podcasting has become a distant memory in those four weeks or so that we've been yeah. doing it that way. You know, it's like, what? Zoom? How does this work? I noticed when I, when I fired up Zoom and logged in that it's like, the podcast link that we use is like now like the fourth one down on my Zoom. It's like, oh my God, it's not even at the top anymore. I know. I had to uh, remember Goodness. what the passcode, which yeah. I had memorized, yeah. but I was just like, do I still know that? Um, and I do. Um, but yeah, so um, I am away at a cottage. Eric and I have snuck away for a week um, to just kind of slow things down a bit. Um, not exactly a vacation, not exactly a staycation, just a, let's slow it down. Yeah, a vacation, A vacation, A... Yeah, I like that. Slocation? Maybe just call it slocation. Slocation. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been great. Yeah, I've been doing a... It seems like, I don't know, 
Um, I'm not teaching this week. Uh, fall break, yada yada, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm catching up on a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff got kept getting kicked down the road. Yeah. So it's like I'm not I'm not particularly busy. I don't feel frantic. Uh, just uh, get it. You know, the toilet downstairs isn't working quite right, and I have some other things. I need to go to the bank and do a thing. And I've got a. I got my car. I, I spent four and a half hours in the auto shop yesterday, right? Getting my getting my car yep. serviced for a sixty thousand mile checkup. Um. Uh, so it's just a lot of that kind of stuff. Maintenance, yeah. maintenance work. I think I've been doing maintenance work. Well, and I think we we under. We undervalue that kind of work. That's something mm-hmm. that really mm-hmm. stood out to me when I read um, How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. Uh-huh. Um, she talks about the fact that we, like our culture privileges productivity like so much that we just, we don't pay attention to all the maintenance needs. But oh, yeah. that stuff's important. It's super right? important. Like, yeah, it's super important. Yeah. So, and, uh, and we... I think I would say the same. I, um... Part of what I've been doing this week is kind of taking inventory of what I'm doing and how what I'm doing resonates within me. Mm. Um, And it's kind of been astonishing, to be honest, like really taking stock of what I've been doing. What's the what's the astonishing part? So I did did this activity. Walk us through. Yeah, walk us through. Walk us through. What's going on? Yeah, so you know, but the I listener do. doesn't. I do. Yeah, so um, I've been carrying around stacks of post-it notes for a little while, which is usually a good sign that I'm like working through something mentally is I prepare for the occasion of putting sticky notes everywhere. So mm-hmm. what I did with my husband, uh, like I made like stickies for all the stuff that... I'm working on the projects that I'm engaged in, the things I feel like I need to get done, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I tried putting it in a framework that I had learned in graduate school, um, which is like this urgent versus important little matrix. Mm-hmm. And I found that this tried and true tool did not match who I am anymore. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So then we ended up redoing it because um, my sense of what is urgent or important is just really, uh, I can talk myself out of anything. Like nothing's urgent and nothing's important. Um, and everything is absurd. But more on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a different podcast perhaps. But um, so I ended up doing it instead based on dividing up what I do for myself, fully for myself, and what I do for others versus uh, what I do joyfully and what I do uh, as merely as a should. Mm. And I got done with my stickies and discovered almost everything was under like stuff I do for other people. Yeah. Wah, wah. And not necessarily joy stuff you do for other people. Because I mean, I mean, there's there's joy that can be found by doing things for other people, right? Because it's like if you're doing something for somebody else and is joyful, you could almost make the case that you're also doing it for yourself, you know? Because like yes. joy is good. To feel joy is a good thing. 
Well, and it's interesting because like all the work that you and I do for like Tmall, the things that we do like for our employer related to that we're do, starting to do related to mindfulness, like right. all of that stuff was in this like, it was like on a line because it is just as much for us as it is for me. Yeah, right. And it's all joyful. Um, but like, like I, I don't know. I found it really problematic because of our collaboration to think of Timul as being solely for me. Because it's for us. It is. It is. It is. And, yeah. you know, I've... You know, I, I've, I've said this sort of this way before. I mean, I had 48 or 49 years to do Timul by myself. And it, <laughs> it, it, it did not manifest, you know. So it, it's clearly not a, a me thing. Yeah. You know, exclusively or anything. So it's like, it, I, don't, I don't think it can exist as yeah. just a single, single thing, single person thing. Yeah. That's true. I did not practice Timul quite as long as you did solo, but um, still the 38 or 36, I don't know how long we've been doing this now. Um, <laughs> this, I'm like, how many years is, did yeah. he subtract? Yeah. Um, I have fewer years of experience, but yeah, it's still like the things started to click when we started doing them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so it was just like a real eye-opener um, even though I do a lot less than I used to and the number of people who I'm like, yeah, I'm going to drop things and p- put these people's needs high in my life. Right. Um, like the number of people has dwindled, not dwindled, but like, um, you know, I've developed some boundaries. I've yeah, right. developed right. some vision, but like the number of things that I just do solely for me, it's just like oddly small. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of people's yeah. least populated quadrant on this. What would right? you have in that quadrant? What is for Paul joyfully so? I I was, yeah, that's curious. You know, I was thinking about that the other, well, I guess I wasn't thinking about it. I found myself doing it the other day. Mm. Uh and it's like I was I was cleaning the gunk out of a Estherbrook dip pen from the 1950s in the sink, you know. And I found a way to do that for like an hour. <laughs> it's like I need to clean off the tines on this. I really need to get in there. It's like maybe I should try. You know. And it was like I found myself just like immersed into this uh, this activity of 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 pen cleaning, which Sherry, you already know. I enjoyed immensely you know restoring old fountain pens and trying to get them to work and things like that that was this isn't even a mechanical thing it's just a an old dip pen from like a bank in the 1950s uh but it's like i find that strangely reinvigorating it's like it's it's Mm -hmm. quiet i look like i'm doing something so nobody bothers me and (laughs) i I look i look busy you know yeah because it's like you don't have to actually be doing anything productive this is a this is a fun fact here's a here's a a life hack for everybody who's listening just look busy and nobody bothers you right you don't actually have to be doing anything just look like you're busy and everything look engrossed and then it's like people will kind of leave you alone right uh and, yeah. and it was good it was good i mean i it's like I, I it's like i didn't write anything it's like i typed a letter i didn't i didn't handwrite a missive to send to a pen pal it's just like no it was just like little maintenance it was literally maintenance on maintenance on 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 some old dip pens ended up being maintenance on on myself 
at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, I think that that's interesting because once I kind of identified the the lack of things in the for Sherry joyfully category, mm-hmm. then I had to start doing some brainstorming. And it was nice because we're on this slocation. Yeah. I really like that. I like term. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, okay, well, what's going to be on the list? Um, and I ended up writing down uh, meditation. Uh, I actually have really been longing for longer sits. Uh-huh. So um, that is for me, uh, joyfully so, though sometimes less joyfully, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got to be honest. Um, and then cooking. Um and like working on some stuff related to NVC, uh, nonviolent mm-hmm. communication. That's mm-hmm. just like, I love nerding out on that. And then um, I downloaded a completely worthless, mindless uh, iPad game. Cool. What is it? I don't even know the name. It's like, um, oh, I'd have to I was going to say, like, what's but, the objective? But there might not actually be one. It might be a... No, so it's great. So you have these little test tubes of, of, I guess it's supposed to be liquid, but like multiple different colors. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know this game, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the That's goal, the objective, I think, I, yeah, like you just are sorting the the fluid so that all the colors uh, match up. And you just you, you just keep pouring. Yeah, it's like pour directions. out of this one and like pour into the other one and then pour. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. That's a good and one. you know how That's I am. One. So like I love organizing things and I think things should be just so. And so it's, it scratches an itch. Yeah. Um, and it's completely mindless. Um, but I kept saying to Eric last night, I can't believe I'm wasting time doing this terribly unproductive thing. Yeah, what an interesting word. Yeah, what an interesting word you use though. Um, the other morning I found myself. It's like I woke up early because I usually do these days. It's like I'm, it's it's unusual for me to be asleep past like five thirty or six or so. And now that it's uh, October, it's like it's still dark. It's still dark when I, it's like I don't you know how much I don't particularly love that. Um, yes, I do. And it's like I was just hanging out. You know, it was about an hour, hour and a half before Shauna got up and just like hanging mm-hmm. out in the kitchen. It was like cleaning the counters, putting some stuff away, made some coffee, you know, and it was just like, it, it literally was mindless stuff. You know, like, like you said, I think that is exactly what it's called for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, what is, what is some mindless stuff I can do? Because it's like that, that word mindless has become in Western culture anyway. It's, it's almost like a, a, a shameful diagnosis to place on someone it's like oh they're just wasting their time doing mindless activities kind of thing and it's like no i think mindless is sometimes what it's called for because man when i was working on those pens it's like my brain was working but i wasn't thinking a thing yeah and when i was working in the kitchen it's like my i was the kitchen was getting clean and it was delightful and it was very enjoyable but it's like i wasn't thinking a thing Mm -hmm. joy joy is not within me generated from a mental or the result of a mental activity. That's not where joy comes from. Now, make no mistake, it is pleasurable to get all the colors in the right test tube. And who doesn't like to finish a good Sudoku? And it's fun to win, you know, words with friends or whatever, you know? And it's like there, there's intellectual and mental tasks that are satisfying. Um, but when it comes down to uh, recovery and... Um, lowercase r recovery recovery mm-hmm. and uh refueling and gear switching and things like that it's it tends to be with me physical 
activity it was like activities that show up as a result of like when when I when you clean a pen you don't use a I mean you use you do use your hands you know it's yeah. like stuff stuff that I do with my hands that doesn't require a lot of or any thought are the you know I'm gonna sit down with a typewriter I'm gonna clean a pen I'm gonna clean the kitchen I'm gonna go to the garden go to the garden you know it's like the garden Mm -hmm. is a perfect example of this like i'm not thinking deep thoughts up there sometimes deep thoughts come but it's certainly because it's not it's not because of trying it's not because i'm trying Mm -hmm. yeah well i think that's yeah it's interesting i think at the beginning of a lot of vacations or staycations or breaks of any kind like almost always like my first activity is always like ordering the space and um I don't know. There's just something that feels like I can't begin again until that maintenance work is done. Interesting. What do you mean? What are you ordering the space? What do you mean by ordering the space? Um, well, some of this is like legitimately OCD stuff, I think. Right. Like, and I don't say that in a facetious way. For right. Dear right. listeners. Yeah, right. Um, some of it, but, um, it's, um, you know, sometimes it's like getting the kitchen clean or, you know, vacuuming the house. Mm. But I think that there's, you know, when you want to start over, whatever the thing is that you're starting over, or you want like some sort of freshness. Um, for me, I ordering the space and getting things where it feels like everything's just so helps me to begin yeah, cool. again. Cool, cool. So a little prep yeah. work goes into it. Prep. Yeah, it's like when you're cooking and you do the mise en place. Yeah, I was I was thinking the exact same thing. This is mise en place, right? And mm-hmm. uh, in every way. Yeah. See, so you say the place. I, I just I say the place. You know, because like I think I heard somebody say it that way once, like 15 years ago. And it's like it's stuck. It's like all these things are just like the first way you hear them. I think. Yeah, I've got no two French stuff. names that I don't say particularly <laughs> French, so you know, I got to screw at least one up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. Oh, that's funny, but um. Yeah, so why do we, so we're talking about beginning again and freshening up and taking a break. Like, why is that the work that we're talking about right now? Yeah. Your mise en space. Yeah. Mise en space. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the French word for Mise en space for your location. Man, I love this. I love this. Mm -hmm. That's good, though. That's good. Um. What what I found, you know, going into this week, knowing that I wasn't going to be, you know, called to stand in front of groups of impressionable youngsters and trying to convey wisdom, um, Tuesday was a little dicey because it's like, I am supposed to be busy, you know, and mm-hmm. I had to sort of go through the uh, some of the vibrations of the body wants to work and the mind wants to go and talk about biology, but you know what? It's a break. I'm going to have an opportunity to send to set some stuff down. Um, and I think that's when the kitchen cleaning and the pen cleaning sort of, sort of the both acts of cleaning. That's interesting. Sort of, sort of happened, you know, but it's like, I, I know that when I feel that way, it's not a bad idea to just sort of pause and collect, uh, collect myself a little bit and engage in activities that are not that because I know that, but it's like, oh, but you want to check your email. You want to reply to all these things. You want to do all these great work things because don't you want to catch up on everything and be caught up on grading and do all this other stuff, you know? And part of me is like, yes, but I will be able to do that 
next week when I am not off. Mm-hmm. You know, doing that now means that I am on. <laughs> and, you know, later in the week is an opportunity. You know, technically speaking, it was only like Monday or Tuesday that I had, you know, that, that we had sort of off. So it's like I'm okay emailing now, but it's like I'm going to take these days and I'm going to, damn it, I'm going to be off. And I'm not going to do like Nova stuff. And I'm just going to, you know, be be doing the, doing the, doing Paul stuff. And I did a pretty good job of it, I think. But it's, it's reminded me of going into the summer break where it's like it's hard to come down man it's hard to come down yeah and it, it's the echoes that you were talking about before the vibrations that you know the aftershocks sort of do do still go through and mm-hmm. you know doing this well doesn't mean they don't happen it's it's, it's well, always a weird shift in gears it is i mean it's it's a shift in yes absolutely and i think like the image that's in my mind is this idea of winding down. Like you can't if you're <laughs> if you're doing it right, there there isn't a just like shut off because I think if you shut off, like you crash. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like yeah. you know, see so, so I think that there is a sort of if you can plan to gracefully wind down. Um then you can also give yourself kind of like a cushioned landing so that you can then gear back up. Right. Right. Right? But like, if you're so exhausted that it's like the end is like, you know, when you arrive at a break, if you collapse, (laughs) um, it's harder to get back up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you get a migraine, right? Mm -hmm. You and I both do that, right? We have the, uh, I mean, the only time that, no, this, it's not the only time, but often our, both of our migraines, yours and mine, I think, tend to be triggered by yeah. sudden, su- sudden, sudden bouts of relaxation <laughs> or, the, or that crash. It's like, because I mean, nine times out of 10, if I get one, it's on a Saturday morning, you know, yeah. or a Sunday morning or something like that. It's like a, I rarely, if I ever get one on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know? Well, it's interesting because earlier when we were talking, uh, before we started recording, you said that you were feeling off and there was a part of me that was like, oh, we've had a wind down. No, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. You, we discovered that Paul was just warm. Yeah, I think it was warm. It's it like. It is a-seasonally warm in his home. It's uh, a-seasonally warm outside of my home. Um, yes. Paul, yes. Kind of well, the two are related. I just mentioned that in the shameless plug in the Timo newsletter hmm. that is going out. Uh, this is mid-October, so it's out by now when you're listening to this, that I want to say, uh, welcome to fall in crunching leaves and hearty stews and <laughs> cooler temperatures and all that. It's like none of that is true. It's 80 degrees outside. The leaves are not changing color yet outside of cicada damage. And <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like uh, I'm thinking more about a salad right now than I'm about, you know, uh, a hearty – because it's like it's 80 degrees outside. What the actual hell is going it's, on? It's weird because – Stupid global warming, man. Earlier today, I was talking about putting my feet in a river. And then this afternoon, I'm making like a squash-based – chili yeah because that's what like my heart wants but when my body's outside it's like girl you gotta put your feet yeah that's hot out yeah that's hot out Um, yeah curious 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 yeah uh so i think we're tap tiptoeing tap dancing perhaps around a word that we haven't said yet in this episode that is our want i mean we've done this before 
Mm-hmm. You know, we ought to just cut it right now and say, so the first listener who can <laughs> who can guess what that word is gets a free T-shirt or something like that. But we won't. We'll, we'll spring it on them. What are we talking about? We'll spring it on them? Well, it, that's a good... It, it, it will Given befall the word. them. It'll befall them, right? Um, yeah. So the word is resilience. You mean like when things get tough, just grind it out? Is that what you mean? Like resilience? I need to be resilient here. I need to be tough. I need to be strong. Um, things are getting dicey, but I just need to grit my teeth and, and power through. Um, is that You mean that kind of resilience? Yeah. I do not, because that's not what resilience is. That was a setup. That was a setup. I know. And it's better if you sing a hard truth. It is. That um, is. That's why I sing so that's why I sing so much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sing your way through, man. <laughs> um, Just sing your way through. Yeah, it's interesting because uh I've been thinking a little bit about the relationship between perseverance and resilience mm-hmm. and persistence i mean all these words kind of like float in a similar word they, they do yeah they do they sort of mush a little yeah but i like resilience um though i want to put an a in that word and one does not belong there resilience um, resilience yeah i think it's just a better pronunciation um but resilience um what is resilience? You're asking me or the, o- <laughs> the OED, right? Oh, I've already yeah, asked yeah. the OED. So now this is yeah, Paul's it, vocab lesson. Okay. Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting. Um, it is an interesting word. I think it oftentimes is, is used the way that I was sort of pitching it at the beginning, right? It's used for yeah. um, how do I tough it out? Well, be resilient. How do I, you know, grind through? It's like, well, you have to be resilient. And that is not what resilience is. You know, there might be some elements of persistence in there. They might be some elements of, you know, having a good relationship with the narrative that exists in your mind on what it is you're doing and why you're doing. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that does play into that. But resilience is not not it. Um, Resilience is something that is encountered on the on the back end of of a situation. Um, Mm It, it's not about how do I keep from, how do I prevent injury or how do I prevent pain from occurring or anything like that? Or how do I, how do I take this, this hard thing and make it easy? That's not, that's not like as it's going, like as it's going on while you're in it, that is uh-huh. not the time for resilience. Resilience is afterwards. It's like, okay, this thing's happened and that was really hard and that was really tough. Um, and I took a couple of body shots here and I'm, and I'm a little feeling a little beat up and a little exhausted. How do I, what do I need to do in order to get back up? And that's, and that's more like what resilience is. Resilience isn't a, a state of mind. Um, I think resilience is an activity. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a verb that mm-hmm. can, that is composed of, of some nouns that you might <laughs> want to, want to bring to bear on it, you know? Um, so, you know, it's not how do I get through this? It's like, wow, that was really difficult. How do I get back on the horse? How do I get how do I get back on my feet after this? That's what resilient it's the bounce back. It is. Yeah. And it's I, I like the the bounce back language because it resilience brings to mind the image of a spring, uh, to me. But Ooh. one of the one of the definitions in the OED that's really interesting related to resilience, um, 
refers to it as elasticity, which is a yeah, lovely word. That's the bounce um, bounce part. Yeah, from there. yeah, it's the bounce. Yeah, but one of the things that I like about that definition, which has other words that I will say in a minute, um, one of the things I like about it is that it's it does not assume that pain can be avoided. Yeah. It assumes that pain is there. Um, and so it says that resilience is the power of resuming an original shape or position after compression or bending. And so, like, maybe this is because I've had um, some tricky stuff with one of my ankles lately. So I've been wrapping it, right, like with tape to compress it, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea is that, like, you can't always be in that state of of the, how we take care of injuries or how we tend to pain. So there's a, there's a time for compression and then a time for bouncing back. And so right. it's, it's what happens after you take the ACE bandage off your heart. Yeah. And how do you get back in, in the world? Right. Yeah. Like afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And the alternative, you know, to that is, you know, a mindset where, you know, if if I'm if I'm if I'm in something and it hurts, I must be doing something wrong, and it must be it must be doing this badly, and there and there's something wrong with me, and um, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? Like, I feel like I'm supposed to, or that I should, or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, um, and so putting putting that perspective of where pain, you know, the the truth and the reality of pain in this world is, which is. You're going to have it. You can't avoid it. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think it's super important. And it gets to, you know, this other other point I was making uh, a while ago that you and I were both talking about, which is was kind of around the conversation about mindful speech, mm-hmm. you know, and, and right speech, um, which was like, you're, we, we think of ourselves as thinking about stuff and then we say it. You know, but it's like, I think it's the other way around. It's like, I think, I think we think what we say more than we say what we think, mm. you know? Um, and wait, say that again slow. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. It's like, you know, we, we, th- we think that we say what we think when we actually think what we say. So it's like the words that come out of your mouth, I think do more to shape your view of what's going on here than mm-hmm. you think it might. And um, so it's like, be careful with what you say, because yeah. you you convince yourself of things when they come out of your mouth out loud. And um, so it's like, the first thing you can do to shift the way that you think about yourself is to watch watch what you say about yourself, you know, because that can be really reinforcing to a lot of things that aren't particularly kind. You don't need more weapons to to hurt yourself with. Um, that's part of that. And that can be part of resilience. It's like, okay, so this stuff happened and it was really hard and it really beat me up and I'm not really feeling any great right now. What is something that I can use? That's a tool of resilience moving forward um, to get myself to a point where I can spring back into my original shape, you mm-hmm. know, and be re salient with who I am. Um, and, and that can be, well, a tool of resilience could be, right speech let's make sure that i'm not making this worse this is the stop the bleeding part you know with the words that i'm using about myself you know oh my god why can't i do this what's wrong with me um why do i you know you know why do i feel this way why why you know why can't i do this right 
I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with, you know, it's like, hang on, let's, let's literally come up with different words to reframe that because you found yourself in a position where you know some pain is happening and it's hard and you don't like it. And you're starting to get a mind towards recovery to recovering from the situation that you're in. How do we get myself back to where I want to be, where it's a little bit easier. And, th- and that's where resilience starts. Right. You know, right. And I th- a big part of it is like, watch, watch the words that come out of your mouth, especially mm-hmm. when you refer to yourself. Well, and I think this is one of the reasons, like, we've been playing with this word resilience in part because of some workshops that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the the sort of kooky things maybe that we did was we decided to put things under an umbrella of mindful resilience that maybe not everyone uh-huh. would necessarily put under that heading. Um, so we decided that the tools for mindful resilience are RAIN, which is an acronym, uh-huh. and NVC, which is another another acronym. acronym. Um, so uh, maybe let's let's camp out with those for a while. Okay. Um, so Paul, what's RAIN? RAIN um, is uh, some folks may have heard about this. It's a we might have talked about it on this very podcast. May have offered a couple of workshops on it, you know. Um, may have happened. May have happened. Um, it's a it's an acronym that stands for some words that describe a, a process that people can go through um, to become more present. I would say mm-hmm. with the experience that they're having in an honest way, but also in a way that tries not to make it worse sort of Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it um it's like i i totally dig the hippocratic oath in in all interactions that i have it's like if nothing else i'm going to try to not make what's happening worse for myself or for others so it's like it 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 does a good job of that and i mean there are other ways to talk about rain and i actually will for the patient listener get to what it actually is so you know stay tuned um this is the this is the setup um it's uh it 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 does an honest job of taking us out of a position of reactivity and more into a mindset of response like mm-hmm. you know so we're responding to things pseudo intelligently versus reacting to things and i mean react and respond they both sort of play a role in in making us who we are and how we sort of live our lives on this earth and it's like it's i think it's impossible to completely get rid of one for the other i mean it's still going to show up Right. You know, but things things that can, you know, in, invoke thought, you know, in a in a mindful way, I think could only <laughs> could only help us because it's like it takes something that you reacted where you didn't react well, and if you had to respond, would you do the exact same thing? Well, of course you wouldn't, you know, because like everybody lost, you didn't follow the Hippocratic oath. Pain was inflicted upon others through your actions because, you know, you reacted when you were angry instead of responding when you were angry. Because mm-hmm. I found with myself the best response when I'm angry is just to sit the hell down for a second and don't do anything. If for no other reason than to, to not run the risk of violating that Hippocratic oath of not making it worse than it is. Because, I mean, you know, if the, if the options are sit down and do nothing or throw something against the room and shatter it on the wall – Sitting down and doing nothing is probably the better option for me and Seems for others good. and whatever hit mm-hmm. the wall. So, you know, and then once once my – and this is where rain comes in. Once the body can sort of catch up or my body because I'm a body – sort of a body first uh, 
perceiver of of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about this many times. It's like when I when something's going on with me, it's usually my body that's first to the party. Like something starts to show up as a physical thing within me. Um, this is where rain is good. And mm-hmm. um, it's the, the R, right? The first part about it is recognizing that there's in fact something going on, right? Recognizing that we're feeling something right now. And that can right. be feeling can be feeling an, an unhelpful thought that can be feeling an emotional thing that can be feeling somewhere in your body that's not doing what it what what we think it maybe ought to be doing or whatever it could be i mean it could be it could show up in any way but the r is just like recognizing that something's something's cooking mm-hmm. a is allowing right it's not just being aware of that right which is a different a it's just like yeah okay not only am i gonna say okay there's something going on here i'm not gonna shove it away right I'm just going to, you know what, let's hang out. Still here, still alive, still breathing. Okay. Still there. Still, you're right. It's like, I'm just going to like hang out and allow this to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it gets interesting is in the the eye, you know, which is, <laughs> it's like when you're reading the, descript- the descriptions of rain and it's like the R, the recognizing, the A, allowing, uh, like the, the things to recognize are act- or the descriptors are actually pretty short when it gets to the eye, you know, the investigate, it's like now like the chapter starts getting a little longer here. Right. Cause all kinds of interesting things come up. Um, the, the, the monster pokes its head out of the hole sometimes when you start getting to the eye, eye of stuff. Um, what is, what is this? What actually mm-hmm. is this that I'm feeling? Um, is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it angst? Is it anxiety? Is it, uh, what 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 is this? You know, what if I contact this? What is it? How, what does it inform me of? It's like if if I let it give it the opportunity to whisper in my ear what it is. What does it say? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I really feeling right now? You know, and then the end can be one of two things, depending on if you're touchy feely or if you're not. Um, the original end was non-identification. You know, which is is a little less. Uh, approachable for for people who want to make it a more personal experience, right? You know, what do you mean non-identification? Because like all of a sudden we've slipped over into the, you know, the Theravadan Buddhist, you know, non-identification with material things. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so that that non-identification part of it sort of leans to, um, you know, realizing this is happening, but that's not necessarily you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not necessarily you know, necessarily has to be part of your existence or anything like that. It's it's not something that you are. Right. You know, it's not what you are. It's something that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But it's not who you are or what you are. But you, you can be feeling it. It's like, I'm feeling this can of Waterloo, uh, lemon lime, fizzy water, but it's not who I am. Right. So, I mean, it, it's like that. It's like, okay, I can, I can feel this anger, just like I'm feeling this can of Waterloo lemon lime, just like I'm hearing, you know, the guy on the riding mower outside or, or whatever it is. Right. So that's the non-identification part. It's like, I am not the Waterloo fizzy water mm-hmm. any more than I am my, my anger. And that's like, and what that does, it, it, it rescales things. It, it changes the size of stuff. And it's also kind of like not, not storytelling about it. Right? Like, correct. Correct. You're not. You're not gonna. You can investigate it, but the next step is not 
Now make up a story about what it says about yeah, who it, you it, are not, and it, how you'll yeah. be for the rest of your life. It's it's not yeah. it's not you know raid. It's like it's not raid. It's not you know it's not describe. It's right. <laughs> allow and you know invest investigate. What is this that that I'm looking it's at? It's also here? not diagnose. Yeah, it's not diagnose, and it's not explain, and it's not rationalize, and it's not cathartic, and it's not. I mean, it's it's not that. It's it's not you know, reframe and come to a renegotiation. I mean, that, that, that kind of stuff can sort of happen, but that's not what it, what it is. It's not explain. Um, it's just allow it. And what is this? Investigate, mm-hmm. you know, investigate, you know, brings curious curiosity to it. What is this that I'm really feeling? Cause it's no longer such a big thing that it's, it's consuming you. Right. And that's where the rescaling, it goes from something that feels like it's bigger than you are that you're stuck in to something that is either outside of you or smaller than you that you can actually get your head around or your hands around or your heart around. Right. Of course. So that's one definition of the N. There's an alternative. Yes. Then I don't like the alternative because it's my- I know. That's why I'm making my spark you talk type. about it's it. It's my spark type, so I don't like it. Right. Um, it's the, mm-hmm. the nurture. Nurture. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's more that's more modern take on the end. Um, and a lot of people find it to be what is really called for. Mm-hmm. You know, the non-identification requires oftentimes significant amount of time on a cushion that people may or may not be willing to invest uh, <laughs> in the busy schedules that they have. And depending on if they want to learn some whole new thing. <laughs> Nurture something that you can do, um, and I would I would suspect that for many people, much like myself, if you don't understand it and you don't know what it means to nurture something, that's because you already do, just as a natural part of sort of who you are. So this thing inside of you that hurts, you know, what 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 can you offer it? How, what what does okay. it want to say? Does it want to be heard? And if so, is it asking for anything? What um, how do you how do you befriend that? What is the befriending process of what you're feeling? Like, yeah, you know, the alternative is have a fight with yourself and nobody wants that, right? Yeah. It's funny because um, my way into the inn um, has been through a little book that Julia Cameron has. Um, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. It might be like something wisdom. Um, but it's a little collection of sayings. And it's basically like little things she wrote to herself. And... Um, she, I think, has this really nice way of modeling the right way of talking to ourselves. Mm. Um, and so she would say things like, you know, hey, little one. Yeah. And that, that like, connects to me because I could, like, I can do that. It doesn't feel right, but, like, it models, like, the end for me starts with, hey, little one. Yeah. Yeah. And that... And that gets back to these beginnings of, you know, right, good speech and paying attention to the words that we use can go a long way as an entree into, into that end. You know, it, it's not starting right. with, you know, you again, I'm so tired of feeling this way. Now get out of here. Because it's like, if it was only that simple, it would, but it doesn't, you know. Um, so other other tools can be called. So let's maybe try a little more gentle, right. nurturing. Well, it's not always easy, but let's be here together. So yeah, that's the that's the end. That's the end. Right. Rain. 
brain. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's a it's a good practice. It's it, it leads to good guided meditations. All right. So it's like it's you know it's it's a it's a good framework that that people can use to to start to get at resilience. So it's like it if nothing else, it acknowledges not just the fact that you're feeling something difficult, which can be the place where resilience starts. Like I said, it's like acknowledging that something difficult just happened, something hard just happened, you know, and moving through that into what actually is this that I'm feeling and what is it what is it calling for, right? How can I because the end kind of starts picking at how do I respond to this a little bit? Mm-hmm. And if you don't go through that, that identification nurturing sort of, or the non-identification slash nurturing kind of part of it with a little investigation, you end up reacting. Yeah. You end up reacting. And, and it's like, that's when, that's when some, that's when the, the risk is run of making it worse. Right. Well, and I think a big part of being able to bounce back is like, you kind of have to take stock of where you're at and like understand where your energies are going right Mm -hmm. because resilience like the idea of bouncing back is really a very energy-based thing um so if you don't take time to take stock of like where the energy is the bounce isn't going to go well that's correct that's correct um and it's like in in order to recover from breaking your leg you need to identify that you have a broken leg nurture your broken (laughs) leg and you know just like so often often happens what you find is that you know if properly cared for the leg can heal itself if properly tended you know by a combination of you know medical intervention trauma traumatic intervention and physical therapy you know uh, much in the same way you know rain checks many of those boxes as well for some of the more difficult challenging stuff like what what do you do at the tail end of a pandemic after you've been through the grinder for a year and a half, you know, and now you're called to just kind of go on about your life again. It's like, hang on a second. We just went through something kind of dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about this a little bit. What are the tools that we can bear on this? And RAIN is one of them. And we've hybridized it with um, nonviolent communication, NVC. We have. We and, have. And for that, I would say, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Sherry Spiegel. Well, <laughs> yeah. take um, it from here, right? Um, what, is, what does NVC have to do with resilience? I mean, how does that work into this? Well, I think I'll framework? come at it the same way you did with like, well, first, ladies and gentlemen, let's make sure we know what NVC is. Right. Um, so, of course, NVC stands for nonviolent communication. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it echoes the the steps of rain, except it's doing it not just within yourself, but also uh, trying to figure out how you communicate and work with others. So the kind of like revolutionary principle uh, that nonviolent communication is based around is this idea that everyone in the world, like all the other humans you interact with, like the people you love most in the world and the jerk at work and you yourself, like everyone is doing the best they can to get their needs met. Mm-hmm. Like all the time. So that's like the foundational um, like component. That, yeah. That's where, that's where we start. Huh? Yeah. And so like, if you are as, as you're monitoring how you're going to respond and not react to humans that you encounter in your world and, and maybe also dogs and cats and other beings. Um, if you respond to everything you m- meet with an understanding that it's just doing the best it can to get its needs met, um, 
that way of being in the world will change how you understand interactions. Mm. Um, and so it kind of requires that you go through a kind of process where you're first observing what's unfolding. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you're going through, um, a process of identifying feelings that are associated with that experience and then trying to name the need that is associated with mm. the feelings because feelings point to needs. Um, you know, if you're angry about something, um, it's, it's a signal, right? It's, it's telling yeah, you something. Right, right. Um, so from there, once you understand what the actual need is, uh, then you can start making requests. Um, and so I think in terms of, um, thinking about, um, resilience and what in the world nonviolent communication uh, might have with that is um, in order to be a person who can spring back from whatever um, is going on, you have to understand what's going on within you and what your mm. actual needs are. Um, and so a lot of NVC work is just trying to help people better articulate. Um, it's kind of, it kind of ties into that eye of rain. Um, how do you articulate yeah. and understand the needs that you have but also, how do you understand the needs that are are going on in the room around you, mm -hmm. um, so that you, as a community, can like because that's the thing with the pandemic. We're all um, we're all going through the shared trauma. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we understand that there are a whole lot of needs happening at once? Yeah. And for our communities to thrive, we have to be able to bounce back from those needs together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where does one start with that? Um, I remember earlier on when we started to poke around at, at nonviolent communication, like seriously started to poke around with it. It's like one of the most useful things that I um, I encountered. I, th I think you showed this to me. I think, I think you know, you, you sent this to me. It was like, it's this list of, it's like, it's, it's a list, list of, what was it, the list of feelings or the list of the needs list, the needs inventory? Wasn't that it? Are you back? I'm back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like your your bandwidth was like progressively like it's like okay, you're back. Yeah, so I got to a point where I had said like I'd finished my little speech. Yeah. And then I heard you say, uh-huh. And then I just stayed quiet yeah. until I said I'm back. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um so what I had said, are you ready? Yep. What I had said, it's like, I remember, I remember when um, you and I first started to poke around at NVC, like serious, like pretty seriously, 
and like mm-hmm. as an actual thing, it's like, wow, this is actually is a pretty cool thing. We could practice this. We could tell other people about it. This really works well. Um, you ha- there was a list, you know, like like a like a physical like PDF slash piece of paper, and it was like it was the the list of of was it needs or feelings? There's both. Yeah, because like there's, there's two, both. isn't there? Yeah, and it's like it's so funny because it's like because when you think about rain and when you think about NVC and and the context of resilience, it really does get down to this idea that it's like ultimately, yeah, it's as so many things are at the at the foundation of it. It's a communication, mm-hmm. the communication devices in one way or another. Um, so it's like, what do you mean? I have no idea what I'm feeling right now. It's like, well, here's a list. Pick one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about practical. Talk about practical. You know, it's like, pick one. You know, let's let's get like here's a list. Yeah. Well, and part of the practice is even like if 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 somebody you're talking to isn't sure what their need is, like there's space for basically guessing like, oh, are you feeling yeah, isolated? No. OK. Are you feeling right? Like, you can sort of go into 20 um, questions with somebody and sort of. Yeah. Fun, like, go through a funnel, warmer. go through the funnel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's valuable, um, especially like the idea of needs, like if in order to be resilient, like if you're thinking about like, what are the tools you need to bounce back? Um, and this is different, of course, from what are the tools you need to grind through? Yeah, that's different. We don't recommend that. Yeah, those are different um, tools. But if you're going to bounce back, what do you need? Like what, do you, like what, um, what has... What causes and conditions have led to resources in you being depleted? Mm-hmm. And then what do you need to, to restock? Right. Right. Like, right. Right. Because um, we're not made for <laughs> endurance runs without breaks. We're not. And, and the price that people pay is in literally years on their life. I mean, yeah. this grinded, stressed out you know, don't have a good relationship with my family because I spend all my time doing work and not sleeping well. I mean, that, that takes a toll in, in, in quantifiable years at the end of a life. Mm -hmm. It takes a, you can measure that in blood pressure. You can measure that in longevity. You can measure that in all kinds of ways, um, that don't add to the quality or the length of a, of a life well lived, you know? Um, and you know, we, in the West, we count our successes by the number in the bank account. Um, more than to spend anything else and that's a mm-hmm. that's a not a good way to have an unbelievable life that's a way to to find yourself by chasing that that you and by that being a destination that you see you lose uh sight of you know coming up with a safe way to to walk on this on this earth right you know, but i mean like you know if you of. if you think about the numbers in the bank account i mean even that's a good example like Trying to accumulate dollars in the bank is a strategy to meet a need. Yeah, right. Right, and so we can right. talk about like, well, what are those needs? Like security, safety, um, you know, a sense of ease. Yeah, right. Reputation or reputation. Family or yeah. Peer. Um, yeah, a sense of belonging. Like those are all. Um, those are all needs that are being met by that particular strategy. But the funny thing about life is that money in the bank 
is not the only way mm-hmm. to meet any of those needs. Right. Right. right? There are, are other there are things others. you can do to meet those needs. And so I think sometimes what um, contributes to suffering is being me- married to particular strategies for meeting mm. a need. And so if you can articulate, well, what is the need? What is the way I've been in the habit of fulfilling that need? What is the way I long to fulfill that need? <laughs> is there a plan B? Yeah, right, right, right. Um, it was like as, as long as the strategy to meet that need is dependent on on something that you have or a resource, you're not always going to, it's not always going to be an accessible thing. Right. You know, so it really does bear good, I think, to, you know, what's one way you can fill that need? It's like, well, I can eat 15 cans of Pringles. It's like, okay, what, what what's another way that... <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is that, what actually is the need and what are other ways that we might be able to meet that need and we might right. find that um better habits might be able to emerge on the flip side of this as part of resilience right yeah yeah i mean the need is for sustenance uh there are more things that can meet the need for sustenance right than pringles yeah so it's like we and i think you're right i think we do really get attached and, and cling and identify with those those strategies for meeting needs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. choosing that strategy as one way to meet a need mindfully is one one thing. Um, doing it mindlessly where it's like, where you're not even thinking about it. I mean, that's the, that's the road to destruction, I think, you know, right. it's like, it's, it's when, when you have that need, you don't even recognize it and you come up with a solution to it or, or strategy without really thinking about how that strategy and what it is that you're actually doing fit into a need that you have, but you have not actually identified what that you, you end up in your car, you know, at five thirty in the afternoon with a bucket of chicken wings, wondering how the hell you got here and what is actually <laughs> And what's going on? I don't know who told me that story once about how that has happened on occasion. Maybe it was me. Um, and but I mean, we all have you know fun. You know, long story short, I mean, we all have these times in our life we could look back and it's like, why am I doing this behavior that is not really great for me? That you can, it's almost it's counterproductive. It's self destructive. It's it's not maybe not be expensive, but it's not free. What am I? What? I know this isn't healthy for me. I know this isn't good for me. You know, I don't like myself on the other side of this. I didn't feel great for having done it. Why? What am I doing here? What the hell yeah. is going on? And what am I doing here? And NVC is a is a knife that can cut through that. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. when brought to bear, and, and so can rain, right? When brought to bear on on self on self. Right. Well, and it's it's one of those things, and the fact that we're even thinking about like both RAIN and NVC is a good reminder that sometimes you need more than one strategy, right? Like, yeah. Um, and I think um, I think that's the the key thing is that the more we're married to a particular strategy to meet a need, uh, the more possibility for suffering. And so, um, you know, I'm reminded of people who. And I, of course, I'm one of these humans uh, who will say things like, well, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. it is, right? So part of resilience is kind of like getting to a place where you understand um, and are really aware of where you're at. And then what are the strategies to move to where 
you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really being being attached to a particular way of meeting a need really makes you hypersensitive to make sure that you always have a accessibility to what those resources are that you need in order to meet that need in that way. And that can lead to, you know, feeling like you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Feeling like you're stuck. Yeah. You know, doing so, some doing stuff that you might not want to do. Yeah. A job and, you I don't mean, like, you, you know, a job you don't like, a relationship that's not working for you. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, right, resilience is about adaptability. And these are the tools we benefit from if we're going to become adaptable. Yeah. And whatever that need is, it's okay. I mean, so it's like no part of it is like making that need go away. It's like, no, that need is there and you have it. And you're a unique and beautiful and delightful individual who has this need. Let's talk about how we can meet it in a way uh-huh. that that's going to work for us, that we can, we can choose uh, presently rather than end up with reactively. Right. Well, and I think that that's sometimes the big part of RAIN, um, the hard part for me. Um, it was interesting as I was listening to you talk about it. The hard part for me was always the R. Yeah. Recognize. Yeah. Um, because I think that there are a lot of people, you know, like what you just said can be revolutionary for people. Like the idea that it's okay to be a human being who has needs. Mm-hmm. Like... The only options are you're a human being with needs or a human being who's in denial of the fact that they have right, needs. Right. There's no option C of being a human, human being who, who doesn't, doesn't have yeah, needs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. You know. Totally. But, but like, I mean, it, it's part of it's part of machismo, right? To walk around, I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. I'm a lone wolf kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, sweetheart. No, you're not. You know, come no. on. Come on. No, you you apparently need to tell a story that says you don't need anything. You know, and there is part of the you know like I've we've talked about this a little bit. It's like uh, I need periods of time when I have what I call Paul time, which is Paul just doing <laughs> cleaning out <laughs> off, a pen. Off, apparently, off, off doing something, you know, cleaning out a pen or kind of whatever. It's like you know I need to do I need to think about something. I need to do something else right now. I need to kind of whatever. Because I'm feeling like uh, I'm spinning in my head a little bit and I need to kick out of that a little, right? Um, Mm -hmm. One way that I could do that is cleaning the kitchen. Another way that I can do that is, you know, cleaning out some some fountain pens because uh, they're cool and they're neat and I enjoy it. And it's, it gets me sort of out of my head a little bit and uh, it works. No chickens are consumed. Yeah, yeah, no chickens are consumed. No cholesterol is raised. No LDL cholesterols are elevated and it works. It works. So it is, and it's like, or you you feel that way and you don't have that and, and you don't recognize that need or strategies to that need that are productive or at least you know doesn't doesn't make it worse and you end up just like lashing out at people all the time mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know what that you know what yeah, that exactly it's, like, it's not somebody else's fault that you can't come up with a healthy way to meet your needs and it's certainly not somebody else's responsibility to meet it for you mm-hmm. you know but talking about it can't hurt and getting to the bottom of what that need is can only be a good thing. Right. Well, and I mean, I can think of so many occasions when like, like our collaborations are always uh, graceful and easy until they're not. Yeah. And if they aren't, odds are like we've either both crashed or one of us has crashed. We need a meal, (laughs) right? Like, like, 
It's like everything's perfect unless Paul and Sherry are hungry. Yeah, in which case it's... Yeah. And so I think I've started trying to be more like aware of like... Like telling you, just so you know, I'm starving. Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to meet with you, but you're gonna make sure I'm fed. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what, or, what I, what I or tell pay my pay the price. Yeah, what I tell my students is like clear clear statements are a gift that you give to everyone. You know, it's like it doesn't have to be the, the statement you want to hear, but a clear one can be mm-hmm. can be the kindest thing that you could offer sometime. Yeah. Oh, you know. clear statements are such a gift in the world. They are. We should do a workshop on those. <laughs> It might require a little thought before we offer that one. It's like I'm not sure. What I'm a ready clear to, statement. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to, to offer that one. I might. I might be ready to take one. I don't know. If I'm, I don't know if that workshop. I don't know if I'm ready to offer it yet. But it's hard, man. It's hard. I mean, well, I think we often. I mean, because there's some anxiety with clear statements because you know that clear statements are going to meet a need you have. Yeah. And the clarity and the directness can often uh, threaten, perhaps, the need of another. Yeah, it can. So I think one of the things we do is we give this preamble. I'm going to make a direct statement because that is a thing we appreciate. (laughs) Cool. Let's have it. Mm -hmm. Let's have it. Right? That's what we do. And then it's like, okay, all right. That's what we're doing. Brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. Here it comes. Right. And then whatever comes typically is fairly innocuous. Yeah, it is. Compared to, at least in my mind, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it's like, how how often have we done this though? It's like, I really need to reply to this email and I don't know what to say. And it's like, oh, I'll write it for you. And like within 15 seconds, we'll, we'll kick it over to the other one. It's like, yeah, just send that. And it's like, this is perfect. And it's like, it's, it's like, wow. You know, the the need was to to send this email to this person. The need was not I need to write it. The need was right. I, need to, I need to convey this mess. So it's like really getting to the nitty gritty of what these needs are, oftentimes can really, if we're honest with ourselves, open up new avenues on how they can be met. That can oftentimes yeah. include other people and reinforce community as well. Um, we had a hard time reading a, a book lately, so it's like so. Mm-hmm. You asked what Eric read read a chapter to you. Yeah, um, so, and. That strategy has actually been reintroduced. One of the things, um, when I did my whole board of breaking things down, I came up with two other books that I was having trouble reading. One I decided to put down. And the other one, once again, I decided, um, you know, Eric was like, you know, I'm actually really interested in that book. And I was like, oh, well, what if we broke it down and we just like read a little bit of it every morning? And so since we've been here, we've started that. And it's checked another box of um, since the pandemic, we've been struggling a little bit to find things that are like Eric and Sherry things. Yeah, right. Um, So this has become like a morning Eric and Sherry thing. Um, And so, yeah, like the need is for me to read the book, not for me to read the book alone. And this is actually a strategy I picked up in grad, like undergrad. Eric has long read to me my homework. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's delightful. Yes, yeah, it's fantastic. You know. Yeah. So the best advice I have for any college student out there is to go find themselves an Eric Spiegel. Oh, but Sherry, we're supposed to do all of this alone and by ourselves and... Lies. Collaboration is weakness and... 
graded as an individual. I think that that's such like. <sighs> that has caused more destruction in this world than like anything else that I can, it's I can think like, of. I think, Paul, you have just launched us into a new topic, a new podcast. We do not have time to cover it today. But this, like, this rugged individualism is yeah, killing, killing, us. killing us. Both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, figuratively in terms of how it feels inside and it's not good. And literally, just look at the suicide rates at, at colleges and universities these days. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, because we can't help each other because we have to live a hierarchical life. Yeah. And so I need to know who's above me and below me, not understand that everyone is beside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's absolutely nothing that I could say to top that that you just said. So I'm going to make a direct statement. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I think we've done it. We've done it. Okay. I thought you were going to say this podcast. This is podcast now is over. Over. <laughs> Stop I listening now, though. but only for this one. Listen next week too. Yes, when we may or may not tackle the subject of something else. <laughs> something else. Yeah. I don't want to commit we, us to. We may or may not do that. Uh, this goes out on the 26th of October by the calendar, I think. So happy Halloween, everybody. Right? Happy Ooh, Halloween. Spooky so, season. Spooky season. Um, have uh-huh. a good time with that. Uh, if you if you celebrate said holiday, which I know that I do, and I know that I think I know that you do as well, Dr. Spiegel, is right. that correct? Indeed. As much as it is a holiday celebrated I was gonna as say, an adult. Like, I think I celebrate it by just like, ooh, it's Halloween, cool. And like watching scary things on TV. I think that's the subtotal of my celebration. I well, leading up to it, I purchase a lot of gourds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know what happens on November 1st is there's cheap candy at the CVS. So that's truth. <laughs> that is something to enjoy as well. That's just like uh, our other favorite holiday, mine and Eric, is February 15th. Yeah. Which is cheap Valentine's Day candy day. Yeah. Yeah. Cheap mm-hmm. Heath bars. Cheap Heath bars. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the best. Mm hmm. So there it is, Paul. Awesome. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Me too. Cool. This is a kind of a communication episode, isn't it? Different ways of communicating. Like, so resilience starts with communication. How can I, how can I do it? You know, can yeah. that, you know, at least that can be a good framework to start. So it's frameworks of communication on how to bring resilience into it. So yeah, very cool. Within ourselves and with others. Yeah, very cool. Cool, cool. Very cool. Thanks, Paul. Sure. Thank you, Sherry, for zooming in from uh, the far, far flung reaches of Strasburg. Rural, yeah, Strasburg. I was going to say rural North Virginia. Um, <laughs> also accurate. Yeah, um, and have a lovely night, and I hope you enjoy your uh, your dinner. Yeah, I will. Ooh. Very cool. Cool. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.
Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. Yes.